And uh, right, and I'm recording. Well, welcome to whatever the heck this is. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this could be a momentous occasion, long remembered in history, or it could just be two guys farting around in a spare room. I can vouch that this room is actually quite magnifique and cosy. Now, I know that oh. I'm not advertising for Homes Under the Hammer, but I did stay in this room once on the 6th <laughs> of June, true. where I crashed at this young, fabulous gentleman's house, of which you haven't right, introduced you. yourself, have you, Keith? That's true. Well, <laughs> well you just did it for me, so uh, oh, thank who, you, Dre well, Zero, for well, introducing me. There. However, the last name has not been said. That, that is you true. You could be any old Keith. That is true. However, um, as this is the first episode, it's highly unlikely that anybody that we don't know is listening to it. So uh, probably both listeners will know that I am Keith Sadler. And I am Dre Zero. You know, there is a, there is a really weird like possibility, like time hop here, which is that maybe one day this is going to be like a mega successful like podcast and people are going to be listening back to the very, very first episode and thinking, what the heck are those two jokers doing? You see... Joking around, for example, programs like Jackass, programs like, at the time, the first few uh, pilot episodes of Jeremy Kyle, people thought it was a joke. Now, the people of Jackass, the people of Jeremy Kyle, from the directors to the anchor to the presenter to all those full of magenta. I just wanted to rhyme, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) He is a poet, you know. I am. They are now multimillionaires. So who... Who got the last laugh? Exactly. What you're saying. Exactly. Just to I clarify, really Trisha, Jeremy, Kyle, we love you both. Yeah, carry on. Absolutely. <laughs> Shout out to our um, compadres. In now that we are in the radio business, absolutely, they are they are on the same level of us in terms of in absolutely. terms of talent and skill. Our CV is just growing second by second of our sound bites, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Talking of sound bites, uh, you mentioned before the show. Um, can we make any money out of this now? I think it's important, <laughs> a big cheesy grin just came across his face. I think it's important right now to sort of nail our colours to the mast um, because a lot of people do these kind of things and they end up selling out. And at the beginning of the show they have, mm-hmm. this is brought to you by, by Verizon or whatever. Um, so I'd like to say categorically right now, I'm 100% in favour of selling out. And um, <laughs> the sooner the better. And I'm quite happy to, you know, uh, I don't know, I don't eat McDonald's, but I'd, I'd, I'd eat McDonald's if they're going to pay us. So, so yeah, this could, this could be brought to you by Starbucks in the future. Alternatively, we also do enjoy a Costa Coffee, Cafe Nero. Indeed. We're not, we're not too fussed. We can be quite bisexual when it comes to coffee choices. It, 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 absolutely. Uh, until we start getting paid and then we'll be uh, very loyal, of course, to our overlords. All baristas, ladies and gentlemen, they're fantastic people. No matter where you work, no matter if you don the black and green, no matter if you don <laughs> the the rouge colours or the more blackened <laughs> navy colours of Cafe Nero, Starbucks yeah, they're and the Costa. Goths. They're the goths of the coffee world, aren't they? Cafe Nero. Cafe Nero. Ah, I see what you did black, there because yeah. Nero is French for black. Oh, well, I did not know that. There you go. No, no, uh, sorry, wait, no, Noir, Noir Noir, is black, Noir, ladies and gentlemen, for there are any French speakers here. Nero is a god, isn't he, I think? Yes, he is, Nero is a god, absolutely. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, 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 this this radio program, we're here for debates, whether (laughs) it's a debate about politics, whether it's a debate for the validity of the name black in whatever language it is, is absolutely fine, don't you worry, don't you worry. (laughs) Talking about debate, um, obviously uh, our listener out there, you can get involved. 
Uh, at the moment, we don't have an email address or a Twitter or something like that, but who knows, if this uh, podcast continues, we could have Dre and Sadler or Dre and Keith or something like that at something.com. Uh, and you can get in touch. Otherwise, right now, you can email me. Alternatively, you can also email me at drezerocreative at gmail.com. Now, obviously, I do know that I can speak at such a tone of which you may not understand the spelling because everyone is saying, how do you spell Dre Zero again? How do you spell Dre Zero again? Well, I'll do that right now. So you spell Dre Zero with D, D for Douglas, R for Rectangle, A for Abacus, Y for Yo-Yo, D for Dungeon, <laughs> Shoot, I have misspelled my own spelling. I'll start again. <laughs> I'll start again. See, even I get confused by it. Yeah, so yeah. D for D for dungeon, R for rectangle, A for abacus, Y for yo-yo, Z for zebra, E for egg, R for rhombus, A for appalicious apples. <laughs> at Dre uh, so Creative. Now you know how to spell creative by now. At <laughs> gmail.com. If you don't know how to spell creative, creative then i will assure you google is your friend so there we go email dre zero at dre zero creative at gmail.com with your questions with your tips because lord knows we need tips and advice on how to make this podcast more interesting what would you like it to be about because right now we have absolutely no clue we're just free riding it just like the surfboard that i had metaphorically in my mind on my way here thank goodness for logic and its editing tools that's all i can say Absolutely. Um, it would be good in the future to have guests. So I've got a few ideas of people that I'd like to invite on. So do I. So <laughs> that was really funny. I was like, <laughs> yep. So do I. End of story. <laughs> good to know. Good to know. So yeah. So we're free reading it, as uh, as Dre just said. Uh, in future episodes, we'll we hope to have a sponsor, of course, and, <laughs> and guests and interesting things to say. Not that we're we're actually quite interesting people Indeed. to be honest. We just need to be force fed. Warming up. Adequate topics. PG to 18 plus. We don't mind. Bring them bring on. Bring them on. Absolutely. Now, obviously, because we're quite articulate individuals and we don't like cursing that much. Indeed. <clears throat> I was actually going to... You are you actually waiting for me to swear, ladies yeah, and gentlemen, but I wasn't happen. going to because that would have been ironic. I'm ready with a glass of ginger beer to throw over him, over him <laughs> if, it, if, if, uh, if it kicks off. But yes, any topic from... I like it when you say lemon cakes. Lemon cakes, yes. <laughs> yes. I might adopt that. So what I do is when I was younger, I used to swear quite a lot because I was quite an angry teenager due to the fact that because of cultural differences between my parents growing up in a different culture and in mm. a different country and in a different religious sect, I felt a bit like a black sheep. Hence why I perform black lipstick, which you can also find on YouTube. That shows you, ladies and gentlemen, my family to this day, they don't accept me. My mum thinks I'm a comedian instead of a poet. <laughs> but, ladies and gentlemen, it's an I keep easy enough mistake to make, to be fair. <laughs> to be fair, every, every to be fair, every silence. <laughs> so, there's Keith. been some interesting things in the news recently. <laughs> there have been, yes. Uh, the one of what recent topics have? Oh, yes, there have been. On a more serious front, let's have a very serious conversation. Actually, okay. there's been a shocking serious faces on. Yeah, there's been a serious situation that's been happening in Harlow, unfortunately. Have you heard the news? I don't think I have. Right, now, honestly, this is what's happened. In Harlow, in recent weeks, I think it's happened in the week, last week or the week before, it's fairly recent, uh, two Polish people in separate incidents have been killed. Oh, man. Yeah, I'd heard that there was a lot more hate crime since Brexit. Yeah, and what happened was, is as a result of that, 
the Polish embassy has sent over, I think, one or two Polish police officers to see what is happening in the situation within Harlow. Now, unfortunately, this situation, while it is saddening to all the Polish community to lose one of their own for people that just want to have a better life for themselves, Mm. because in Poland, in that side of the world, they earn a fraction of the money. Well, I wouldn't say a fraction, but a far lesser percentage of the money with the same skill set as they would in this country. And unfortunately, it just goes to show you that while Brexit would be a vehicle of the hate that has insinuated within this country, I would say that there's always been an underbelly of racism. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Unfortunately. They're um, empowered now. They've, they've been they've empowered. Had a Absolutely. And as a result, unfortunately, people that are not English, English. Now, I can sort of vouch for myself because although I was born in England, as you could tell by my eloquent accent, (laughs) the individuals within my community, uh, Bangladeshi, Indian, that kind of community, they've been segregated for years. Mm. Uh, I mean... Now, obviously, Keith, you're only a couple of years older than me. Now, <laughs> when you were younger, do you did you see a lot of racism when you were younger? Did you I was s- very racist when I was a kid. Were you? Yeah, because I was kind of raised in that atmosphere. Mm. And so I, I certainly went to secondary school, even, even sort of secondary school age. I had some very, very strange, what I would now consider very strange views on race. And um, luckily, at my secondary school, there's a few people who do like it. My primary school was pretty much mono-ethnic. It's yeah. completely white. Mm. But um, in my secondary school, I, I met people from other races and other backgrounds. And I think that opened my eyes up mm. to the fact that everyone's just the same. And this Absolutely. whole thing about, you know, you get idiots in every culture. You get Absolutely. you get criminals and the insane and you get brilliant geniuses mm. in every culture. Mm. And it's so easy to sort of try and just label everyone as the same based on like a few people. Absolutely. And to put a, a, put a perfect perspective on this, now obviously for all our older listeners out there, give us a sponsor, for all our older <laughs> listeners out there. Because older people tend to have money. <laughs> well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I barely have any. Uh, for all the older listeners out there, now you do remember the IRA. They are still, I would say, a minority of the Catholic, is that my correct? Yeah, the yeah, Catholic yeah. of Catholicism. ISIS is a minority of Islam. There's always idiots in every cultural oh, sect. Yeah. That is basically a good, what's the word? That is a good example. That's it, example, man. I mean, there's, I mean, there's like um, however many billions of Muslims around the world, and this, and uh, I, I've read recently that like the amount of people who support um, jihad in terms of violence, not not in the widest sense of the word jihad. But the people who support it, like account for naught point naught 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 one percent of the Muslims in the world, and yet yeah, quite a few people would would like to paint all Muslims as pretty much being the same, which I just think is like it's 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 mathematical illiteracy. Absolutely, it's not realizing numbers. I mean, it's about a quarter of the world's population or something are Muslim. Absolutely. So if they wanted us all dead, then we'd be dead. So um, moving we will, on, we will not be we will not at any point be accepting any sponsorship from the Daily Mail. I will categorically say that right now. I will categorically say it would have to be a lot of money. To st- <laughs> and, <laughs> and we'd have to be allowed to poke fun on it on the air, like um, 30 Rock do with their Snapple. So 30 Rock is sponsored by Snapple, and they take the mickey out of the fact they're sponsored by Snapple all the time. 
<laughs> so if we were allowed, if we were sponsored by the Daily Mail and we're allowed to just lay into them all the time, then um, I would happily take their money. Wasn't Piers Morgan the former editor of the Daily Mail? Um, Mirror, I think. The Mirror. Oh, okay, okay. I'll leave you alone, Piers. Ladies Morgan. and gentlemen, no fact checking has been done before this episode. So, uh, but we're not sure quite how many Muslims there are in the world, um, and whether or not Piers Morgan was the editor of. The Mirror or the Daily Mail. Some Rupert Murdoch paper, though, probably. Oh, yeah. Rupert Murdoch. He can suck a... <laughs> Beep. Yeah. Suck a... Beep. <laughs> actually, you know what? We actually haven't discussed this. Are we actually allowed to swear on this podcast? Uh, I'd rather we didn't. That's fantastic. Just I so just that we got to get a sort of a broader audience Absolutely. Yeah, we do deserve a broader audience. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have officially decided on the broadcast... Here we go. Yep. On the broadcast, on the podcast... It's a decision. That swearing is null and void. No swearing. We're we're gonna say lemon cakes instead. We're gonna say lemon cakes. We're gonna say, we're gonna say Jaffa cake Sunday. We're gonna say oh strawberry cheesecake. If you have any suggestions for alternatives to swear words, please email them to dreyzerocreative <laughs> at gmail.com. I'm gonna be bombarded by inboxes. <laughs> I think you might be overestimating how many people are gonna listen to this. What's gonna happen is I bet Dan Clark. You know Dan Clark. Yeah, yeah. yeah Dan yeah. Clark. He's probably gonna listen to this podcast. We should have him on as a guest. We should. Honestly, I think that'll be amazing. We should we should start a trend there on Twitter. <laughs> Get Dan Clark on. <laughs> or we could do the more simpler thing and just ask him ourselves. I tell you what, I'd quite like to have Robin Dicker on the show. Oh, Robin point. Dicker. At which point I would definitely have to learn how to make logic make that beep sound. Because I don't think we could possibly get through. Oh yeah, we we need we need to probably heavily edit out Robin Dicker. (laughs) Actually, you know what's so funny? We need to change his last name because his first (laughs) syllable of his last name is. I think that's okay. I think it's all right if if your name is Dicker. I don't think that. I don't think. Otherwise, that would be like PC gone mad. Yeah, absolutely. We're now going. That's just off. That's just. I think it's funny actually. Going back into (laughs) school days, when I was in school, there was a there was a supply teacher. Her name was Fanny. Oh man! And we laughed hysterically because obviously that name is a very, a name from a from quite a few generations ago. I mean, because of the colloquialisms of that word in shoes, I don't think that anyone would be called that anymore in this modern generation, mm. unless that kid I, is I've going on asking for trouble. Yeah, I've got a feeling that a lot of people, if they are named that, will be changing their names. Um, I I I used to work with the teacher who was called Wayne King. That um, obviously the <laughs> children, obviously the pupils didn't know that uh, he was just Mr. King. But, um, oh there we go. But that's out. That's out there now. Pupils there. at uh, unnamed school. Um, so so um, yes, Keith. Moving moving on uh, because we we're really not sure what we're going to be talking about in this show. It will take form over the uh, coming weeks and months and years. Stick with us. And one day, one day we'll have it right down. We'll have it tight, and we'll know exactly what we're saying and what we're doing. But but thank goodness for editing tools because I'll be able to edit this heavily. Absolutely. Um, so uh, what do you think about the wall that we're building around Calais? Well, not around, not like around the city, <laughs> not around Calais itself, but around the uh, well. The it's, just, it's just very fascinating. I mean, Entrance. I mean, it just goes to show you that society is fickle in the sense that when the Berlin Wall was built to divide West and East Germany, mm. everyone thought, "Oh my days, that is a terrible idea." However, with the Calais bridge, bridge or wall, wall. Calais wall. <laughs> Let's build a bridge. <laughs> Let's start that campaign. Actually, ladies know, and gentlemen, you actually, heard it here you first. You know what? If we build a bridge, that will actually help and support the poor refugees. The Dre Zero Bridge. Yeah, the Dre Zero Bridge. Absolutely. I mean, we're we going to start need, crowdfund, if, crowdfunding campaign. If 
certain companies such as well we can't really name companies B&Q if you were to supply us some wood we can all tungsten steel yeah. and we can we we'll can, do it ourselves we can bridge the gap we, we absolutely. would absolutely do it ourselves I asked my mum so might, might, we might take us two three three weeks something like that I would think three weeks conservative that. estimate yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, uh, not that I have a social life anyway. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, right. So going back to the point in hand. Yeah. Yes, with the with the wall that the building at Calais, unfortunately, it's really not fair. And I've actually got an interesting story about this actually, because uh, in my last job, there was a young man who was from Ithria. Now they they are one of the countries that from where? Sorry. Itria. It's uh it's an African country. I'm not making okay. this up. Eritrea. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's pronounced Itria. Oh sorry. <coughs> Get told, Keith. Sorry. <laughs> so in the country of Itria, I honestly I honestly thought, no lies, I honestly thought the individual meant Ethiopia. Because oh, right, I never okay. heard of Itria before. Yeah. So anyway, so he told me that he lost quite a few friends getting mm. on the boats and swimming and taking a very dangerous route yeah. to in going to the United Kingdom and or going via Italy, Calais, etc., etc. Now, for all those that don't know, the way to go through Ithia to Europe is you have to go through the AKA Sahara. Eritrea. <laughs> Just to let you know, I am pronouncing <laughs> it the way the natives are pronouncing it. So, uh, as a couple, which is brilliant, I, and I encourage that and support that. As a couple, so people know what we're talking about. <laughs> so, so as a couple, like like radio radio kingpin broadcasters like Keith Sadler and Dre Zira, <laughs> we're going to have disagreements from time to time. Now that will be compelling listening, ladies Absolutely. and gentlemen. Absolutely, like like orange shorts, yay or nay. As you may remember, <laughs> I actually am wearing a suit now, most likely because Keith is pointing that out. Yes. I might be loud as a tango. But, right. But, but why are you wearing orange shorts over the suit, though? That's the thing. Maybe. Oh, now, now, <laughs> perhaps the way that you phrase that means that you backed me to a corner as if I now can't <laughs> budge. We're going a bit off the subject. Yeah, about sorry, sorry. So, You're yes. talking about your friend. Uh, yeah, so my friend, he. Fleeing Etria. He had, yeah, he had, to, he had to flee Etria. <laughs> to head off there and yeah it's a struggle ladies and gentlemen i mean these countries are war-torn countries and unfortunately we should support people because let's think about this from a worldwide point of view right now i'm not saying i'm not literally dismissing nationalism whatsoever i love how countries face countries in various sports such as football rugby and the like but one thing is for certain land is land if there is much more healthier and better land, right? What difference does it make if the Caribbeans came over in the 40s and 50s and difference makes if my ethnic people of Bangladesh, Pakistan and India during when a war broke out back in the 50s and 60s and 70s, why can't they come? How are they any different from the people from the war-torn countries such as India and the like, you know? The only difference is they're doing it by far more illegal means and means of which that are very dangerous. Mm. Yes, but if this country were to help and support not just this country, but the whole of the rest of the developed world, that we can help develop the people that want to make their lives a better place. Because think about it. These children, their parents, they may have sacrificed their own lives in order for them mm. to go to a better country. Because let's face it, right? 
for all parents or all people that have kids or people that know people that have kids, so I can extrapolate to everybody. <laughs> we all you know someone who has a kid. That is true. Fantastic. Yes. Mo- most parents have kids. Though. I'd like, I, I hope so. <laughs> anyway, back to the whole point in hand. Ladies and gentlemen, all you want for your kid or your youngling or your young relative, you just want a better life for them. So why can't we give a better life for the people of Ithia, to the people of Sudan, to the people of Libya, to these countries where, <laughs> let's face it, we, we screwed them over way back during the slave trade and the British Empire. We screwed them over because of divide and conquer. And they want to come to us for help. I mean, it's the least we can do, you know? Um, the listeners might pick up on the fact that we're both quite left-wing leaning um, individuals. So what might be fun in the future is to get someone, a sensible person, who is not that I'm saying all sensible people are right-wing, but if we get a sensible right-winger as opposed to a crazy right-winger on the show, that would be quite interesting because then we could have a debate. Because otherwise, because I really wanted to play devil's advocate then, but oh. and so I didn't want to make myself sound like I'm a right-winger. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, you know what we can actually do? He doesn't do much these days. Who's the guy? I forgot his name. I can't believe I forgot his name. The guy who used to be the UKIP leader. Nigel Farage. It, you know what, He's ladies American and gentlemen? Now. You know what? Nigel Farage, get your get out of that sofa, wherever you are. He's well, quite funny. Let's have I honestly one. think that we should imagine. Imagine the viewers we'd get if we had Nigel Farage. I don't know whether they'd agree to it, but um, but if you're if you're listening if you're listening, Nigel, um, Please uh, get in touch to DreZeroCreative at gmail.com. Why always me? Why can't I email you? <laughs> because I, I'm saying it, so I get to say your email address. QSadlerMusic at yahoo.com. Nope. Code Wrong. UK. Nope. Ymail. Ymail.com. QSadlerMusic at Ymail.com. <laughs> so either either one, Nigel, we don't mind. We'll, we'll respond. And respond you know what? Way. Anna, she will more than happy serve you a dish of croissant served Indeed. cold. Indeed. <laughs> or hot. We can microwave it for you. For, for you, Nigel, we will microwave the croissant. There we go. Well, although I don't know whether we'll eat croissant because it's foreign. So Anna says that she'll do it in the <laughs> oven, not the microwave, dear listener. You know how professional we are. <laughs> that Anna is shouting from the landing <laughs> or the kitchen communal area. I, I often think it's a shame that you don't get more right-wing poets. And I was thinking of doing a character like to do skits when I'm doing spoken word as a right-wing poet. Because have you noticed that all poets are like right, left-wing? And all that po- anytime that anytime <laughs> that anytime they do anything political, it's always left wing. And I wonder whether there's these really talented right wing poets out there who are just too scared to come to open mics, or whatever, because they know they're going to get booed by all these left wing hippie pot smoking. If you're anti-feminist, would you consider yourself as right wing? Well, not necessarily. I think, mm-hmm. but I think you, you'll. There's probably some left-wing anti-feminists as well. I see. Yeah, I was just thinking that because there was this poet, and I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying his name because I co-headlined with him in Peterborough on the 28th of August, and he did a poem on anti-feminism. Now Weird. that was that is a, that's very. It was very very interesting because Mike Alderson, he's considerably older than me, and he was growing up in the era of when Thatcher was. Mm. ruling the roost and for him to do an anti-feminist poem it was very interesting because it was a very it's a very socialist left-wing very uh crowd. <laughs> yeah very feminist mm. crowd and it's very brave of him to do that i have to say i mean 
the interesting thing is is that there is a level of etiquette when it comes to poetry though yeah. uh, w- of which if you are quote unquote kicking down mm. because unfortunately the way of the diatribe of how right wing goes because if you were right wing you are technically well if you're talking extreme right wing here you're de- you're essentially discriminating against people like myself for example mm. and i can definitely tell you that with a name like Drazira, my real name doesn't need to be said <laughs> uh, I'm not exactly the whitest of the white. I'm the more chocolate of the cocoa. So, <laughs> so I mean, highlighted especially by his orange shorts. The comparison between his suit and tie, and the orange shorts and and uh, <laughs> cocoa creamy butter uh, skin is uh, is something to behold. Dear Before listener. we make this far too much <laughs> like Babe Station, rather than what's that? The, you don't know what babes Anyway, anyway, the Drazira Sadler connection. We're gonna stay completely platonic oh, wait, wait. without the cocoa butter. No, don't don't tell them that because that robs them of the years of will they, won't they tension on air. On what? See, now you said now you said we're not gonna get together. People oh. will be listening, and there'll be there'll be years of like will they, won't they, like like Ross and Rachel on Friends. You see. I'll be there for you. Whereas now, now you just let the cat. I'll edit that bit out. I'll edit that bit out. Fantastic. Will we? Will I am we? bisexual. Right <laughs> now, <laughs> just drop that bombshell. I'm on that bombshell, but no, seriously. Uh, going back on an interesting point of right-wing poets, they do exist. I do think they exist. Let's have but one on the it's, show. It's all about trends, isn't it? I'm not saying this. You may say it subconsciously. What is now, let's face it, what is now is Jeremy Corbyn is getting power upon power by people Mm. having enough of conservative government, which obviously by tradition, they like to support the rich people, the Etonites and that. (laughs) Whereas Labour's values are ones of which they support the working class, right? And so... Supposedly. (laughs) <laughs> Supposedly so. More so more so the socialist movement. And oh, yeah. Mo- and I, mean, I mean, Jeremy Corbyn certainly does. Absolutely. I think uh, Owen Smith does as well, to be honest. To be fair, let's face it. If you were to analyse Owen Smith carefully, and I'm not trying to put my own political opinion, I'm just spouting fact. I speak <laughs> facts at this podcast here. Don't Owen check all our facts. I was talking about myself. Uh, Owen Smith. <laughs> you, can tr- you can trust Owen. I mean, Joe Zero's facts. <laughs> you, Owen Smith. If you were to analyse his policies, it's essentially a slightly watered-down version of what Corbyn said. He has said. copied a lot of what Corbyn has said, that's Absolutely. true. Absolutely. And let's face it, I mean... But his voting record's not as bad as I thought it was. I got called up, I got called up on that online and proven wrong. And, um, and I was very grateful to my friend for doing that. Because I, myself, what I value above all else is being teachable and learnable and uh, you know, changing one's opinion if facts are, are presented. So yeah. I, I, I believed a myth that had been propagated by um, you know, people in Momentum that um, Owen Smith's voting record was quite right-wing and that he'd actually voted sort of for a lot of right-wing policies. But if you actually check that on uh, you know, theyworkforyou.com, then apparently that, that doesn't actually turn out to be true. Apparently his, his, his voting record is actually quite good. Mm. Good, good coming from a left-winger, so therefore I mean, by good I mean left-wing. Yep, left chicken wing. Sorry, right. I interrupted you. You were saying something. No, about no, no, 
no, no, no, no. You brought an important point. This is this uh, a podcast between two people. We're gonna have we're gonna have discussions. We, mm. How else are you going to let in? Like, I mean, if it was my own podcast, I'd go on forever, wouldn't I? <laughs> right. I've got this, to interrupt you. I've got to interrupt you. Otherwise. Absolutely, and I have to interrupt you. This is how relationships work. If mm. if, for example. Well, I was going to say something a bit sordid, but I'm, I just realized that I'm not <laughs> Robin friendly. Dicker. Right. <laughs> yeah, we'll save that for the... We'll have like a, an E-rated, you know, when they put it on the podcast. Oh, right. Know. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't, what is E? What does it stand for? E? E? I thought it was M for mature. Unless oh, it might be M. I th- M. I, yeah. E for extreme. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have that for when we have Robin uh, Dicker. And we should have Amy Rag on. She'll talk to us about uh, feminism. Absolutely. And soapbox stuff. There's an interesting topic I want to also talk about. How do you feel the state of the music industry is? As a man who has been performing music yeah. for quite a few years now. Three ha- years. <laughs> quite a few years is more than two. <laughs> okay. Now, now, now. So for a performer that has been being in the music industry for three years. <laughs> thank you very much, Mr. Sadler. How do you feel the music industry is, not only from a local basis, but also from the populist well, billboard charts? How do you feel about it? I'll try it? and say this without being as boring. Uh, yeah, I'll try and be uh, as least boring as possible. Oh, basically, just, just speak your mind. It's fine. Just say it. Basically, I think the music industry is dying, and I think that's a good thing, because I don't think music should be an industry. And if you look through history, it's a, it's a, it's a blip of people making big money out of music. It's only been sort of since the you know, the rise of the record, I guess, you know, the, uh, the, um, the vinyl in the 50s and 60s. And um, before then, you know, musicians w- would have to travel around making money from touring. And Essentially uh, what we do now. <laughs> yeah, well, I think, there's, I think there's something more controversial. I think there's something more sort of natural to making music that way and connecting with real mm. people rather than writing one song, recording it, throwing it out there into the ether, millions of people buy it and you never actually connect with any of them on a personal Absolutely. level. So I, I think what I hope is going to happen with the music um, world as, as we go forwards is that it will become more local mm. and particularly with the fact that people can afford to buy their own recording equipment and can afford to you know, put out their own CDs or, or, or well, CDs won't be allowed for around for much longer, but you know what I mean, their own downloads and whatnot. I think that it's going to become more local, it's going to become more personal, peer-to-peer, mm. so building relationships, building friendships, and personally, I'm all for that. Absolutely, I, I, I that agree. I think there's, there's so much more to life than making money. And um, a friend of mine wrote on Facebook a couple of years ago, um, if the mu- yeah, if music industry keeps going the way it's going now, all the people that, um, the implication being that she was one of these people, all the people who make music to make money will stop doing it. And I really wanted to write good as a comment underneath it, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to kick off this huge Facebook mm. argument. But I can't. I can't think of anything better than all the people who purely make money, music to make money. And on this point, stopping. Mm, on this point, unfortunately, the sad thing about social media, and this really sparked my eyes. I had these opinions anyway, but there was this amazing poet. Now, unfortunately, the name escapes me, but I saw this video on YouTube. He did this poem on social media. And it bas- he, his poem was essentially saying that people are far too obsessed with life. People are far too oh, yeah, obsessed yeah. with the hearts you get in Instagram, the retweets yeah. in Twitter. I mean, to be honest... Some people's self-worth is tied up in Exactly. It. I mean, let's face it, ladies and gentlemen. This is why, and this is a much more socio-economic um, debate, but let's face it, because of social media... Mental illness, the peop- mm. the, within the intrinsic happiness you get within yourself has died explicitly it's died ridiculously because let's face it 
people, especially uh, younger people, I say younger people, I'm not exactly, I'm not exactly past it. Uh, <laughs> younger people, they literally speak out and they say, and they literally need, they want likes, they want likes to be happy. Mm. They're like, they say to themselves, yes, I want this, I want some, that. Some younger people actually rate their online life as being more important than their real life. And the way that we can extrapolate that to what we're talking about, the music industry, Keith, is simply this. Music in the modern pop industry, and it has been for quite a few decades now, more so now than ever, is very superficial. I mean, let's oh, face yeah. it, let's face it. Rihanna, now, Rihanna, if you are watching this right now, okay, I'm going to drop a bombshell on you right this instant, and I do not even care if I get sued by your lawsuit. Okay, let me okay, tell you this right uh, now. This is, this is Dre Zero making this comment purely by himself. I disclose, I disclose, I disassociate you myself. Quoted, you quoted once that your lyrics are very soulful and deep. What in the hell are lyrics of gotta work, 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 gotta work, 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 work. Let me tell you this right now. In the local music industry, if you say lyrics like that and I hear that at an open mic event or whatnot and it's their own original song, they'll be laughed off the stage because the local music industry has such brimming, brimming with amazing talent. I saw it at a Folk East Festival. I've seen it at Berry Fringe Festival. There is I've a lot of talent out there. I yeah. have seen so much talent and you have the absolute nerve to say that you are a talented writer of which you and one billion other people write and produce the songs, yeah? And for what? To bring out dribble and rubbish like you do? And, let's face, it, and let's face it, sorry, sorry. And let's <laughs> face it, right? A lot of your music is auto-tune anyway. So can you honestly sing that well? Drop the mic. That Dre Zero rant was brought to you <laughs> by Starbucks. Co soothing chamomile tea. Just what you need after a Dre Zero rant. I, um, I, funny, I had a funny joke about the, 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 um, the Rihanna song that you mentioned <laughs> there, which um, somebody posted on Facebook. Um, they thought their life, they, they thought that that song actually really did encapsulate life perfectly in that it was a load of garbled nonsense <laughs> and then work, work, work. Which I thought, I, I, again, I didn't make that up, but I thought it was very funny. Oh, mm. just hit the computer. That's, oh. not, that's not good. Uh, you mean you hit y your super processing power device? Yes, yes. That, that we, got it, we got it sponsored by IBM. <laughs> IBM. It's, it's a MacBook. <clears throat> sponsored, by, sponsored by Mac. I'd be very happy to be sponsored by Apple. Although, actually, I'm not, so, I'm not such a big fan of Apple anymore. I mean, I've never been a fan of Apple because, in my opinion, and I'm happy to put my own opinion, they're a no, terrible okay. company. <laughs> I'd, no, I'd agree. I, I, would, um, I don't think they were 10 years ago, but they certainly are now. They got very greedy since the iPod, to be honest. And well, yeah, they went from being a cool, independent sort of like company that made focused on making good products to basically being the largest, greediest corporation on the face and, of the planet. And let us, let's face it, right? Okay, your your laptops, your your devices, they're fine, they're great, but come on, a MacBook Pro, it's like it's worth more than it's probably worth more than all my expenses I've done doing my spoken word poetry for goodness sake, right? <laughs> MacBook Pro is like a four figure sum of money, like one five, one seven. I mean But you wouldn't I've be able to run logic on a uh, Acer notebook. You may say that, but then <laughs> if you were to use Linux or Unix, hey, 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 let's 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 throw the the logic is a recording studio program. Perhaps, perhaps not that we're using it at all whatsoever. <laughs> but there are also alternatives, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. absolutely other other laptops are available. Absolutely. That is true. Now, but my point I'm trying to say about Apple is that 
tax evasion, tax dodging, which is oh, what yeah, they've been yeah. on the news about it. And billions and billions. And uh, come on, come on. Now, what I don't understand, and this is a YouTuber called Grade A Andre. He made this point about Apple fans. I don't understand why people queue up for weeks to get the new phone. Yeah. Like they they tent mental, outside. I mean, yes, I am. I'm fully happy by people tenting outside for the festival for the weekend that's great that makes perfect sense but why the hell would you want to be in the pavement be on the flipping yeah. pavement it's like those people that queued up at, in norris the other day for the crispy creams that was opening crispy, it's like crazy crispy creme oh is that how you say it crispy creme you, you need to you need to add a bit of americanism you know crispy what i'm cream. saying but it's however, not like you can get them from every service station on every motorway in the country so you know you've got to queue up to absolutely some crispy creme before we finish, because I'm going to have to drive to the station in a minute. Um, before we finish, I, I, I'd just like to go back, and I will edit this so that this is back when we were talking about it, but about the wall around Calais. Yes. I, I keep saying we're around Calais, like we're building a wall around the city to keep the French guys in the city. No, the, the wall around the Channel Tunnel entrance, uh, or, or I imagine they're building it around the whole port, I don't know. Mm. One of the things that I think about that story is that it is absolute gold dust for the Daily Mail, if you think about it, or other such right-wing press. Because not only is it about keeping foreigners out, but there is also a strong implication that France is a rubbish country in <laughs> that story. Because if you think about it, you know, what's wrong with France? I, I'd quite like to live in France. I, I would, I'm thinking about moving to France, maybe. And um, don't, do really. it before, don't do it before the podcast. I have to move to France <laughs> to get the podcast <laughs> carrying on. I mean, we could probably, we could probably <laughs> Skype it out, but yeah, yeah, nothing, nothing beats having so the two people. So the implication yes. of the Daily Mail sprawling all these or whoever, yeah, right, will you know, enter your preferred right wing press here. Um, sprawling the story is that it's gold dust for them because they don't only not only can they have a go at Syrians and Eritreans and everybody else who's who's fleeing um, a disaster around the world but they also slyly without uh, overtly having to say it can have a good dig at the French as well because it's like yes frogs your country is so rubbish that people are willing to scale an eight foot wall to try and get into ours <laughs> stick that in your baguette and eat it with some brie again not my opinion but um I, d I do, I do actually like brie, and let me tell you right now, <laughs> I've been to France for all of fifteen hours. Do you make brie? If so, please consider sponsoring Dre and Sadler's Twenty Minutes of Nonsense. And you can, I'm definitely, you can definitely email me at dre0creative@gmail.com <laughs> because I love brie because I have a need down to my knees. <laughs> and uh, on uh, that rather bizarre note, um, I'm going to drop. Dre's here at the station in a, in a few minutes, so therefore we're going to have to draw a line underneath this. We still haven't made up a name. Maybe we should discuss it in the car on the way back to the station. But the, you've been witness to a momentous, a momentous podcast in podcasting history. Um, history, ladies and gentlemen. History, yes. my dears. This was, the, this was the first podcast of, insert name here, um, ever. Now, um, now I can edit it. So this is the other one. This is the other one. So I d that's, that's if it's success. If not, then, um, dear mum and dad, thank you for listening to this podcast. Uh, we, we dared to dream, and and sure, it died after a few weeks, and nobody listened to it. But but hey ho, you got you got you got to push for these things. So I'm pretty sure it, one of those two, I can I can edit whichever one um, into <laughs> into the first show. And for all our big Gali viewers out there, Amama Naba, Ami Bishi, Bishi Sorry Asi, 
ama mato ama ama friendo keep mato afiko bagola se aicha aicha halko ami bade ami leha for ami ami mukosto ama hami ami bishi sorry <laughs> you apologizing for me what do you know what i said do you want to know what i said Go i essentially on. said uh, dear mum and dad i am sorry for mine and keith's nonsense <laughs> i will tomorrow i will go back to education and i will learn whatever it is that i'm <laughs> learning with education and i know that me and keith are crazy i am sorry to shame you my family <laughs> along the lines of that <laughs> maybe that could be the name of the podcast i'm sorry to shame you my family to be fair that's been the story of my life for 26 years <laughs> oh man hopefully we'll have a, a, a more lively note next week when we will possibly or, or next month or whenever we're going to be doing the next one actually we'll you know we can do something very quickly oh how much time we got left? seriously we've got to go okay this is keith sadler and this is dre zero and we shall zero later <laughs> <laughs>